Hello, my name is Christina Cantors and you're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed. This episode is part one of three Start Here episodes where I'll be giving you an overview of the main themes addressed on this podcast. I'll be sharing snippets of popular episodes related to that topic to give you my recommendations of where to get started if you're new to the show and if you're a regular listener to give you a bit of a refresher. This episode is based on the topic of confidence and overcoming fear. You ready? Let's do it. Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar. Welcome back to the show. I have something to confess to you. This podcast turned two years old and I completely missed it. That's right. I missed my own podcast birthday. Sad face. It was March 30, two years ago that I launched this show and it's now the start of May. So I'm just over five weeks late. It just goes to show it's easy to just get caught up in your work and, and work and work and work towards the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then you actually pop your head up and realize how far you've come. So I just thought I'd take a little moment to celebrate this win. So two years on, I've done 110 episodes of this podcast, and this means that there's a lot of content here. So if you're a brand new listener, you may be feeling a little bit overwhelmed. You might be thinking, where do I start listening? Do I start at episode one and work my way up, or do I jump around and find what I like? So I thought it would be a good opportunity to create a few podcasts. So I'm going to do three, three start here episodes to give you an introduction to the main concepts and topics I cover on the show, plus my episode recommendations. If you do want to get started and discover more around that topic, and I've picked the episodes based on the popularity of them and and also my personal favorite ones. Now, if you're a regular listener, Stay tuned because this will be a great refresher for you. Plus, you may discover some episodes that you may have missed or maybe you want to revisit it as well because chances are you'll pick up something that you missed the first time. Today, I'll be covering the topic of confidence and overcoming fear. Next week will be business networking, which includes pitching yourself, and the week after that will be all around public speaking. I can't wait to share them with you, so make sure you tune in for those episodes too. The show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash confidence. That's thecmethod.com slash confidence. I'll put links to all the episodes that I mention in there, plus some other ones. It'll be a page, a start here page with a bunch of different resources there for you to check out around that topic. Okay, let's get started. Now, one of my goals is to help people build their confidence, not only with public speaking, but with themselves in general. Because when you have confidence in yourself, that's how you get out of your comfort zone. That's how you push through your fears. And that's where the magic happens. I believe that when you are confident and you project confidence, people will be drawn to you. You'll make better connections with others. You'll be able to act and speak unapologetically. You'll feel free to speak your truth without worrying what people think about you. You'll be able to walk around with your head held high, knowing that you are enough just as you are right now, and that you have something unique and valuable to offer the world. The good news is, confidence is a skill that can be learned and built upon over time. It's not something you're born or endowed with. 
People who are confident have practiced it like any other skill, step by step. And I know this because I've done it. I'm a big believer in leading by example, which is why I make a point to push myself out of my comfort zone and share the lessons learned with you, both here on the podcast and also on on my videos. And I have a personal blog as well, which I like to share because I know that if I can do it, you can do it too. Now, after all my own personal learnings from getting out of my comfort zone and from the conversations that I've had with people and the books I've read and podcasts I've listened to, I've come up with, I think it's about five, I don't know, I wouldn't call them steps, more like big ideas, big ideas on how you can start to, to do things to build up your own confidence. And the first thing is to get to know your strengths. One of my favorite conversations I've had on this show was with Christopher Browning back in episode seven, and I loved it so much I re-released that conversation in episode 93. Christopher and I talk about how everyone has something unique to offer, even if you don't think you do. Christopher shared a simple but powerful way to find out what your unique value is, and I have done this personally for myself, and I encourage my clients and audiences to do this as well. Okay, I'm about to take you back to this conversation with Christopher. Let's have a listen. So the first thing to do is you just, you find three people that are already in your life that you know that love and support you and know you particularly in a, I'm going to say, two of them at least need to be like in a business or work sense. And you just walk up to them and you say, hey, I just got a quick question. What do you think I do better than most people? What do I do that helps you out the most? Somebody will tell you the answers and you'll have one or two responses. So Christina, for like for you, it might be, if you asked me, what do you do? I'd say, you know, I think you do really well at just instantly connecting with people. And when I say that, what do you feel? Does it seem like work for you to do it? No, because I just do that naturally. Because you do it naturally. So that's the first response is that somebody, when you say it, you'd be like, oh man, that's nothing. And we actually discount it because it's natural to who we are. It's just something we naturally do. So if you read the book Strengths Finders by Tom Rath that um, he really talks about this idea of like what a strength and a talent is. So a talent by their definition is a way of thinking or action that you do naturally. So it's just something that you just automatically do. Mm-hmm. Now their version of a strength is you take a talent, you add knowledge and you add experience. And now the strength is something that you can actually interact in the world with. And we yep. all have those things. Every single one of us, guaranteed, I don't care where you're at, you are in your life. Okay, so you go, you go ask three people, what do I do well, better than other people? What do I do that helps you out the most? Okay, so let's break this down a little bit more because I want people to get the best value out of it. You're going to get an initial answer. Which is going to be like, uh, okay. we'll, we'll use you again. Like, well, you're really creative. Okay, you cannot yeah. be satisfied with that answer. That's yeah, because it's like, what do I do with that? Yeah. So okay, great. So the next question you have to ask is, well, why is that important to you, or why is that important to everybody else? That's the real answer you need to hear. Well, because I'm not very creative. I can't think that way. When you do it, it spurs on new ideas inside of me. Okay, that's the value you're bringing the people. So the importance 
well, the reason I want people usually go ask three or more um, individuals is that they will probably tell you the same thing, but the values they get will be different. Not always, but most of the time, it's different. And what you want to do is kind of begin to have the storehouse of I bring value, I can bring value this way for this individual. I can bring value this way for this individual doing the exact same thing. So what it does for our own self-confidence and for our perfectionism is that it breaks down those feelings of like I have to be perfect because you begin to realize I am enough now. Still one of my favorite conversations I've ever had on the show with life coach Christopher Browning. So go find the value you bring to others. It's there. It's just hiding. The second big idea I have for you is to understand your fears. Now, a lot of us have these fears that hold us back from doing those things that help us to become confident, that, that, that stop us from getting out of our comfort zone. And I'm a big believer in if you want to learn to manage something, you need to understand it more. So to manage your fear, we need to understand where those fears and nerves come from. And I had a fantastic conversation with communication skills trainer Abe Warwick, who is fascinated with our body's physiological response to fear. And in our conversation, he explained what we can do when we start to feel that fear and the nerves bubbling up. Let's have a listen. So all you have to do is just say, all right, look, thank you, physiology. I'm recognizing these symptoms of sweaty palms and, you know, tunnel vision and my heart racing and the inner critic telling me in all these logical, it knows you so well, that little voice in your head that's saying, Christina, why don't you just go home? It won't be a big problem if today you don't you know, do this presentation. It's not going to make a difference. Thank you, inner critic, for looking after me. I'm going to put myself out there for this moment and expand my comfort zone to encompass this activity that I'm doing. And look, I didn't die. I've got positive, uh, you know, reinforcement that this isn't a uh, <laughs> such as uh, a, a dangerous thing to do, and it becomes easier and easier over time. I mean, even the most world's most famous. Actors, you know, um, Bill Murray or Al Pacino or whoever, they're feeling those same sensations um, that we feel when they put themselves out there outside of their comfort zone. Admittedly, their comfort zone is probably a lot larger because of practice over the years. But those same sensations that you and I and your listeners feel when we have to get up and speak or when even uh, when it's you're sitting around a table and everybody's taking it in turns to introduce themselves and it comes up to your turn, you start to notice those physiological sensations of anxiety it could be interpreted as. And the idea is to say, all right, well, look, everybody who, uh, who, put, who is successful and communicates well has felt this way before. It's not just me. They're not naturally gifted at this and it's some skill that I don't have. So what they do instead is they choose to interpret those sensations of uh, fear and discomfort and the inner critic and all the physiological stuff as being exciting. I'm jumping on the roller coaster. I'm uh, I'm embarking on something which is stretching me and, and growing me. So that's that's one little um, sort of technique that, uh, that that I use to try to be able to say, all right, I can put myself out there. I can uh, I can do this. 
Make sure you listen to that whole episode with Abe Warwick if you want to learn more about how our bodies react physically to fear and, and how we can control it. We also talked more about breathing and how breathing can really help to clear up your brain, to, to stop any mental blanks from happening. The next big idea is to set yourself a comfort challenge. Practice getting out there and doing that thing that scares you, but I believe you should take it slowly. Small steps, and once you feel confident about having achieved that step, that thing, you'll then have a little bit more confidence to go and do the next thing. The next snippet I'm going to share with you is from the conversation I had with Andrew Warner of the Mixergy podcast. And I, I I chatted to him back when I was living in New York in 2014. So it's one of my early interviews. Andrew's a hugely successful entrepreneur, but he wasn't always so confident, especially when it came to speaking with women. He's happily married now, but in his single days, he really struggled. But instead of taking it lying down, as I found out, he forced himself to learn. Andrew told me how he and his brother would go out just to practice speaking with women. Here's what he learned. And so I remember in the beginning, I used to say to Michael, I'm not going to go up to her until I have the right, what's the right line? How do I start off this conversation? Is there something going on here? Can I comment about what she's wearing? What about what, whatever. And that was just the the wrong approach. What I needed to do is just walk over and say, hello. I know it sounds dorky. I know it sounds like something that your mother would say, but it just works. It doesn't matter what you say. It just matters that you have the guts to walk over. And if someone's into you, they'll say hello back and then, you know, you can continue. If they're not, then the perfect pickup line is just going to be a drag. Because it looks like you're trying too hard. Yes. So tell me about the first time that you attempted this. Do Do you remember? Yeah. And just to give the audience a sense of where I was before I attempted all this, I remember being in a humanities class in college where there were maybe 20 of us. And there was, no, actually it was 10. It was such a small class. There was this girl who was sitting in the class. I was interested in her because she'd have these interesting answers to the questions that the professor would ask. And he, he had a, a very question answer, um, uh, format. And I liked her, I liked her responses to it. Socratic method is the word I was looking for. She, she, he used a Socratic method. She had smart answers. She looked interesting. I liked the way she dressed. I wanted to talk to her. I never said a single word to her throughout the class and I regretted it. I felt like such a punk, such a loser, not just in that moment, but for years afterwards. And it's that ability to not get to know someone, never mind dating or not, but to not get to know someone who you're curious about, who you think is interesting, who you'd mesh with, who could be a good friend, if not a date. That's just painful. And so I carried that pain with me and frankly, I didn't do anything about it because I didn't know what to do. Where do you, where do you even go figure this stuff out? And I channeled all my energy, all my failure, sense of failure into work. I said, you know what? If I can conquer that, well, I can conquer work. There's a lot I can study about work and get good at it and I'll channel my energy in there. And that's why I was able to build that company that we talked about that you mentioned at the top of the interview. Well, once uh, we sold a substantial stake of that business, a bit, we sold it off in pieces. Once the biggest pieces were sold, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And I said, I'm not going to start anything new. I'm not going to get a job. I don't need to do that. What, what do I do? I'm going to focus on what I care about. I'm going to go out six nights a week and try to meet women. And right. I intentionally didn't read out any of the books about it because I said, my goal is not to learn a system. It's to learn myself. I don't want to have to learn how to how to use someone else's process to meet someone, I want to learn how to be more myself and allow that to come through. I don't want to feel like there's a glass wall anymore. 
Andrew Warner of the Mixergy podcast there, talking about how he wanted to break down that invisible glass wall between him and the people he wanted to connect with. Now, I'm no stranger to pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I believe it's the best way to learn and grow and achieve things that you never thought possible. And playing my ukulele on the podcast is one of those things. At the start, I was terrified. And you may have heard that I actually turned the volume way down when it came to recording my ukulele. But now I, well, my confidence has slowly built up and up. My comfort barrier has expanded somewhat. And now I'm happy to just belt out a a song and I may just share one with you at the end of this podcast. Anyway, I want you to have a think. What's your next comfort challenge? Okay, the next big idea I have for you is to be okay with failure. One of my more popular episodes was a conversation I had with Sylvie Hu, and we talked about building confidence when English isn't your first language. And I asked her what advice she had for people for whom English is a second language who were worried about or lacked confidence to speak because of their accent. And I asked Sylvie, where does this fear come from? And here's what she said. This this thought, this negative thought is uh, most likely to do with the negative experience they had in the past. So when they spoke in English, then they most likely they have been criticized or been given, you know, funny looks or um, been judged. So that created a negative um, experience for them. So... So to overcome this, uh, for me personally, I am not very concerned about my accent. So even though I still make some grammar mistakes, that doesn't stop me from speaking up in English or speaking up in public. It doesn't mean I am not fearful, but I still do it. I think in short, be fearful, but just stress yourself a bit. Be okay with being laughed at and and still still talk, still speaking up. Actually, put yourself in that uh, uncomfortable positions. I remember last time when I did my public speaking as part of the NLP public training and graduations, uh, I was quite scared. <laughs> yeah. And, but I still managed to pull myself together and deliver the speech. And then that's turned out to be okay. A very inspiring woman, Miss Sylvie, who I really enjoyed that conversation with her. Someone else who I also spoke to about overcoming fear was life coach Chris Jackson. And, and in this little snippet, he talks about why we shouldn't care what people think about us and why not being afraid of rejection is confidence in his book. I think ultimately if, if we're not occupied and, and not concerned with what others think of us and we're not afraid of rejection, I think that's the ultimate tool for confidence. Um, you know, Because I think confidence for me, and again, this is just my, my personal view, but constant confidence comes from within. It's your own sense of self. It's your own belief in that who you are and, and what you're about. So again, going back to you know, if someone else doesn't respond to you or if we're fearful of someone else's reaction to us, um, again, we're just outsourcing, you know, our emotions and our sense of esteem um, to to other people and other things. So I think when we can come from a place of really just embracing who we are and not actually caring what the response is, I think that's when we do our best work. I think that's when we're actually authentically ourselves because we're not we're not trying to be something we're not. We're just naturally, innately being the people we are, and 
comfortable and confident with with whatever happens and not being attached to an outcome. Love that message from life coach Chris Jackson. It does take time becoming comfortable with who you are, what's and all, and caring less about what people think. Something I've done to challenge myself to care less about what people think is to say, I don't know what that means. I used to think that people would think I'm stupid for not knowing what a particular word meant or what a job title was, but I started to challenge myself to be more authentic and to ask and not care if people thought I was dumb. So maybe give that a go as a starting as a starting challenge. If people are talking what seems like gibberish or they say a word that you don't understand, say, um, what do you mean by that? Make sure you check out the rest of those conversations I had with Chris Jackson and Sylvie, who, if you haven't yet, I'll put links to all of these episodes, by the way, in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash confidence. The final big idea I have for you today is to understand that nobody has it all figured out. I had a chat recently with Laura Coe, who has a podcast called The Art of Authenticity, and I loved how she explained imposter syndrome and and how we're always striving for that next level, that next level up in our lives. And, and when we look at other people and go, well, they have this and they have that, they must be happy, they must be successful. And when I only when I have this and this and this, then I'll be happy, then I'll be successful, then I'll be confident at my job. But as Laura so eloquently explains, in the game of life, you will constantly strive higher and higher and want more and more. But even though you're at those high levels, you'll still feel like you don't have it all figured out. If you have perfectionism tendencies or if you suffer from imposter syndrome, this one's for you. Here's Laura. I was working with a client and he... (laughs) He is so successful, you guys. Like he, he is at a top university, 10 year, multiple books. Um, if you took a look at his life from the outside, you'd say this guy, he's got to feel amazing. He is just tortured with, I'm going to get found out. I'm going to get thrown out of the university, <laughs> even though 10 year, you can't get thrown out technically. Right. But he's like waiting for that moment, right. Where somebody's going to call him out. He's not good enough. He hasn't, uh, he somehow snuck in the university, <laughs> like passed by everybody. His wife's going to find out. So this concept came up in a coaching uh, session with us that if I don't, I don't play video games, but if you play video games, um, this will make a ton of sense. If you don't, it stick with me because it, it will make sense. Anyways, when you play a video game, the very first thing that happens when you go out in the game is you get killed. You don't know what's going on. You don't know how to use the remote control. You don't know what all the options are, right? You're figuring it out and you typically just die within the first second. Over a period of time, you get a new life, you go back out, you try it again, you learned, okay, when I jump into this level, there's a whatever dragon or something to the left, I need to turn left. And over whatever period of time, you figure out how to finish that level. The reason I think about this for imposter syndrome is after you finish level one and you master it, right? You're like incredible at level one. You go to level two. And what happens at level two? You step out and you die. (laughs) (laughs) All over again. All over again. And my son plays these games where there's like 50 levels and stuff, right? But even at level, say, 42, the very first thing that happens when you step out 
is he dies, right? And you just watch him and he just keeps dying over and over and over. He keeps learning, growing. So the myth is that at level one, um, you think, wow, when I get to level 42, I'm going to feel awesome. Like life is going to take on this incredible ease and I'm going to feel so good inside. And I'm not going to have this anxiety and insecurity that I don't know anything. But when you're at the beginning of level 42, you feel as insecure as you do at the level one, because you don't know what's going to happen and you're figuring it out. And life is basically this endless leveling up. So for me, imposter syndrome gets a lot easier if you start recognizing there's no real end to this. We're all leveling up all the time. And so don't worry about it, right? Like take the bullet, die a little, (laughs) learn from it. Don't turn left into the dragon and, you know, try something different. And uh, nobody's got this figured out, right? There's even this, this client at this top university, I know people who have made several billion dollars. I know people who have sold huge companies. They all still feel like, I don't think I'm the person that you think I am, right? So <laughs> it doesn't end. And, and, and you know, just, just to see your life as an opportunity to keep growing. That's a must-listen episode with Laura Coe. I'll put links in the show notes to that interview. I was so inspired by that chat to celebrate my wins and to know that, oh, even if I reach where I want to go, I'm always going to be striving higher. So I need to celebrate those moments when I do reach my goals. Okay, so there are five big ideas for you to get started with building your confidence and overcoming your fear. Now, if you're looking specifically to build your confidence when talking about yourself and having conversations with other people, make sure you join my free Small Talk Made Simple class if you haven't already. It's a 10-day email class. Every day you get a different lesson and a challenge to help you get up there and, and find that value in yourself and explain what you do and talk about yourself with confidence and not caring what people think. We've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people go through this program and the feedback has been simply phenomenal. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to help help you guys in this way as well. So if you haven't yet, join up, go to thecmethod.com to join the free Small Talk Made Simple class. And if you've gone through that program and you want even more, I've actually put all those lessons plus extra ones and some bonus videos together into a training program. It's called The Confidence Blueprint, and that's designed to take your small talk skills and your confidence to the next level. So go to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash confidence. I'll put links there to where you can grab that training program. Alrighty, there you go. Some of my thoughts and excerpts from episodes and and themes of my favorite moments um, around the topic of confidence and overcoming fear on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash confidence. I'll have links to all of those episodes there, as well as my free resources and my training, The Confidence Blueprint, as well. And that's all from me this week. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome. And I'll talk to you next week where I'll share my favorite and most popular episodes on the topic of networking and creating a personal pitch. So it's a little bit more business focused. I'll see you then. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.
Okay, as promised, here is this week's ukulele song. This was actually a tricky one to sing. Anyway, on the topic of confidence and empowerment, this one is a love song by Sarah Bareilles. <clears throat> Tell me to breathe easy for a while, but breathing gets harder. Even I know that you made room for me, but it's too soon to see if I'm happy in your hands. I'm unusually hard to hold on to. Blank stares at blank pages. I'm not gonna write you a love song Cause you asked for it Cause you need one You'll see I'm not gonna write you a love song Cause you tell me it's make or break And this if you're on your way I'm not gonna write you to stay If all you have is leaving I'ma need a better reason to write you A love song today Cause you asked for it you need one you see i'm not gonna write you a love song cause you tell me it's make or break in this is that what you want in a love song cause you ask for it cause you need one you'll see i'm not gonna write you a love song cause you tell me it's make or break in this if you're on your way i'm not gonna write you to stay if your heart is nowhere in it, I don't want it for a minute, babe. I walk the seven seas when I believe that there's a reason to write you a love song today.